Hi, we're Amy and McKenna, both business owners, photographers, and a small part of this Spark community. Spark is a group of Christian women creatives that meets weekly to discuss our faith, our lives, and our businesses. Because let's be honest, we just can't do it alone. Our mission is to be a weekly place of rest for creatives, to find a safe space to connect with God and grow in their faith. We want to invite you to be a part of that when your coffee's running low and you're on the go. We'd love to meet you where you're at. Come join the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Spark the Podcast. I'm here with our other host, Amy. Hey, guys. And we're so excited to get into prayer today with our guest who's been on before from episode three with Community, Deborah Ryan. Thanks so much for being here. We can't wait to get started. Me too. I'm so honored to be here again. Thanks for asking me. And we have known Debbie for almost five years now. And Debbie, you have really been like a mentor to me. I'm so grateful for you. Um, we met for the first time at a coffee shop in Madison. And I just love your heart for Jesus and the wisdom that you always share with us at Spark. It is just so encouraging and inspiring. If you guys don't know, Debbie is also a wedding photographer. She photographs beautiful light and airy weddings with her husband, Jeff and her work is gorgeous. Definitely go check it out if you haven't already. Thanks so much, Amy. That just touches my heart so deeply. And, um, you know, I have one daughter and one son, and I always wanted more children. And God has given me about, I don't know, 10, 15 more daughters <laughs> at least. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, right, right. Mama Debbie. and uh, But I feel like friend and mother at the same time. It's a beautiful yes. thing, you know? Yeah, it really is. Absolutely. We're, we're so very, lucky to know you. Well, I'm very blessed. You've given me just just a beautiful mother's heart toward all of you girls. And I can't tell you how proud I am. And this podcast, you know, even through the, the pandemic and everything else, how you you two just keep on keeping on. And the, <laughs> uh, the community that is so willing to share their heart, because especially in a time like this, when people are shut in and stuff like this podcast could just make such a difference in people's lives. And that's why you're doing it. And that's why people like myself that are asked, we know that we're doing this for the glory of God and for the kingdom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we'd love to know more about your story, Debbie. How did you come to know Jesus? Well, um, I was born in Brooklyn, uh, to Irene and Ray. Um, and, uh, my mom, she was an incredible woman of faith. Um, but she um, kind of got caught up and swept away with this bartender guy, Ray. He was dashing and <laughs> she got uh, she fell in love with him. They got married really quick. And little did she know the life that was going to uh, come her way. Um, so we were three little girls, um, my older sister, Denise, my next sister, Donna, and then me, Debbie. And then later on, we had another one, a fourth, Diane. So my mom was living in a two bedroom apartment with my father, who was a bartender, and he was violently drunk all the time. And I have memories as young as three years old, like when he would come home and he would like terrorize us like Christmas Eve, like he would mm -hmm. take the Christmas tree and throw it down. Like, I mean, literally mm -hmm. wreck it. I mean, so, um, you know, as a little child, even as young as three, I have terrible memories, you know, so much trauma, right? Um, yeah. and so that kind of set, and my older sisters were older, so they were really understanding it a bit more. Um, but my mother was an incredible woman. She, um, stayed with him and, you know, she just kept mothering us and just kept 
praying. And so as a three-year-old, I just saw her faith and I saw her prayer life. And, and that was just hugely um, something that changed my life as my sister's life as well, you know. And then we kind of moved out to Staten Island um, when I was five from Brooklyn. And this is, you know, like my evangelistic heart started so very young. <laughs> you know, I was yeah. five and I was inviting every kid in the neighborhood to our vacation Bible school program. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, my mom didn't drive. And so George Dancarelli from church would come with the 60s big station wagon and fit 14 kids in the back, right? Wow. And so they were all my friends. And so like, I was just telling them about Jesus ever since I was like five, you know, and every year I would win the contest of, it was called Fishers of Men contest. So we would go and, <laughs> and Fishers of Men, right? So I was fishing out there for all these kids and I would have the most. And so I would get a two week uh, free trip to a Baptist camp up in Pennsylvania, I think it was. Aww. And that was great because we didn't go on vacation. We didn't have any money, you know, so that's where I would go. And it was very Baptist, 12, you know, sessions of church a day, but I loved it. It was just like, mm. it was just such a difference of getting out of my home where there was so much uh, violence and so much trauma, you know, I just needed that place, you know, to go. Yeah. And then um, cute story about that. I was there and there was a missionary from Venezuela and she was a chalk talk artist. And so she would tell us the stories of the Bible and draw it. You know, she was an incredible artist. And so she just touched my heart so deeply. I remember talking to her as a little girl, asking her about missions, you know, really interested in Venezuela, which, you know, was like a far off land, uh, you know, at that point. And, and so uh, that was the end of Norma Andreessen in my life. So I thought. And um, fast forward, when I was older, I was working in the city and um, I had just met, I, no, I didn't meet Jeff yet. I, I had heard the voice of the Lord say, go, like, just go. And I went to the pastor that day and I said, I just heard God's voice. I'm supposed to go to the mission field. I quit my job in the city. I had a full-time job as a secretary. I said, I don't know what, but I'm supposed to go. And the next thing you know, I was, you know, raising money to go and I was going to Venezuela of all places, right? Oh, and wow. so lo and behold, they got me in, you know, they said, well, you're going to be with a woman, you know, who's going to take care of you. It's, you know, kind of a dangerous company, you know, a country and, you know, with your light blonde hair and your blue eyes, you know, you have to be really <laughs> watched very carefully. And lo and behold, I get there and who's there but Norma Andreessen wow. to pick me up at the airport. And that's who I lived with. And wow. uh, I, 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 that's just such an incredible story. And we, when we embraced for the first time, it was like the last time she saw me, I was eight years old, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so that's sort of like, you know, every um, part of my childhood was always bathed in Christianity, in church, in Bible studies, in prayer. So, you know, it kind of became part of my DNA, which was so important because God knew from the time I was three years old, you know, or the time for my birth, God knew that I would need him desperately to make it through the life, you know, yeah. uh, of having Absolutely. a father so, so horrible, really, you know. I feel like that's when like prayer really came into your life, um, you know, starting so young, um, just like with your experience, like what does the Bible say about prayer? Well, prayer, you know, we all know those of us that really understand prayer or have heard about prayer, it's personal, right? right. Um, it's the most personal way to experience God. And that's how we grow in the knowledge of him. Besides from reading the Bible, reading the word, which is that goes hand in hand with prayer life, right? right. Um, that's that's so important to the Lord that we, we bring those two things together. And in Ephesians 6.18, God says, 
that it is his desire for us to pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Mm. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. Another verse in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all your circumstances, for this is the will of God for you. And in Matthew 5, 44, it says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I love this one, persecute you. Why am I going to pray for someone who's persecuting me, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's what the world would tell us to do. But God says um, the opposite, you know, because it's so much easier when God tells us to pray without ceasing, pray for others. But, you know, when it comes to uh, people that we don't get along with, it's a lot harder, mm -hmm. right? And so it really takes God's heart. Right. We have to have the heart of God to lift up those in prayer. And um, this is exactly what God wants us to do through this scripture. That's why I love this one so much. And in the Bible, there's so much to say about prayer. And there are over 100 references for prayer in the Bible. Wow. And uh, looking back to, you know, like when Thessalonians, it says pray without ceasing. I found this to be so comforting throughout my life, experiencing prayer in the most incredible way, seeing answered prayer, seeing myself healed. You know, prayer brings healing, right? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what he did then, he does today, right? And so knowing this, that my God still does the same thing that I have, you know, the entryway into the throne room to pray anything, ask anything in the name of Jesus, right? That's what he tells us to do. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Debbie, can you tell us of a time you prayed for healing or you were healed or that even uh, when you saw like healing done on someone um, that you love or know? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's prayer life is, it's such a journey, right? Mm -hmm. And there's different levels of prayer. I remember, you know, like when I was five, I had this certain prayer life, but I also had a limited amount of knowledge. The Lord, as we pray um, for him to expand and to grow us and ask, like when we ask to go deeper, he's going to hear that prayer. And that's exactly what happened to me. I was um, knowing about the depth of the Holy Spirit, hearing stories about people being healed, literally in churches and stuff. And I was always fascinated by that, but I hadn't really been exposed to it, but I wanted mm -hmm. it. Right. And so one of my most, uh, the most beautiful thing that happened to me back in 2003 um, I was having a terrible electrical rhythmic problem, SVT. It was called supraventricular tachycardia with my heart. I was in my 30s, I think. Well, no, 40s. Wait, how old was I? <laughs> I don't remember. But I, I, I was back in 30s, 40s, something like that, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, I had kids. I was raising kids. I'm a mom. And the heart would just race from zero to 250 beats per minute. And it was frightening, wow. to say the least, right? And so it kept going out of control, out of control. And it was just on and on and on. And um, so finally, you know, my doctor said, well, you need to look into surgery. Um, so I had, uh, I saw these doctors that specialize in a catheter ablation. So it's a, you know, they have to put a catheter through your groin straight to the heart. And then they have to burn this node because there's like a node blocking the electrode. So it was very serious, mm -hmm. right? And it was a, a very difficult surgery. It, it, it was it took all of my strength and prayer to even say yes uh, and to go through this, right. right? So we did the ablation and I was fine for about three months. And in the process of those three months, I was involved with this big prayer conference that was going on in our church at the time. These people from Kansas City 
We're coming in and we were hosting this whole thing. I was on the prayer team. But right before that, my heart started to go out again. Mm. And I was like, are you kidding me, Lord? I was like, are you kidding? I was, I was healed. You know, the doctors healed me, you know, because, you know, that's how most of us get healed, right? Like a lot of times the doctors have these gifts to heal us through surgery, right? right? But now I'm thinking, I can't do this again. And so the surgeon said, yep, we got to go back in and do it. So we were at this prayer conference and I just came into the church and I felt this heaviness, but not a heaviness bad, a heaviness good. I felt this, I would call it a glory cloud. I just felt the presence so strong that the Holy Spirit was so there. It was my first time experiencing that. And at the end of the service, Pastor Kirby, he gave a message and he said, before I close out, uh, I'm just getting a word from the Lord. And I was like, wow, this is cool. You know, and he said, there's three people. And um, on the third person, he said, God wants to heal this person. This person has a heart condition. And I'm thinking, well, a lot of people have heart conditions. right? But then he started to say it's an electrical rhythm circuitry problem with their heart. And God wants to heal this person. Well, that's when I almost fell off the platform. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, I was like, he's bigger than me, right? <laughs> so I went forward and uh, I said, hi. And he goes, hi. And I go, oh, I'm the one with the heart, you know, because they don't know when they get a word from the Lord, they just hear it, you know? Uh -huh. And so I said, I went, I, I went forward and he just prayed over me ever so peaceful. There was no hooing and hon. It was just peace. Mm -hmm. Right. And he laid his hands on me, prayed that God would take this heart issue. And I'll tell you guys, I walked off that altar back in 2003. And I knew that moment that my heart was forever changed, forever healed. And I was never going back to that doctor again. And I did to return the heart monitor. And that was 2003. And praise Jesus huh. that you wow. know, my, my heart was completely healed, you know. Yeah. And um, just another quick story. And just to bring it more local, you know, present. But anyway, so I have a friend. Her name is Sharon. And I love her to love her dearly. And um, she has been struggling, oh, I would say for the last three months with this numbness in her teeth and her face and down mm -hmm. her neck. And this is in the midst of a pandemic. So she was finally able to get out and get some MRIs and uh, doctor's um, reports. And the doctors are baffled. They were like, no, I don't know what's going on. Maybe a neurologist, right? So we went over right. there to do some social distancing on Saturday. Where they have a beautiful yard. And um, so we went inside, social distance. And she wanted to show me some of her beautiful artifacts that she had purchased in Israel. And no sooner was I like there, I just felt this presence that that same glory cloud came and I just felt the presence of the Lord. And I said to Sharon, I said, Sharon, you know, I take this very seriously when I lay hands on people and I did lay my hands on her. <laughs> Sorry. But when you're in the midst of that, you put your hand on them when the Lord tells right. you to do it. And I laid hands on her and we prayed. Oh my goodness. And we prayed and uh, we both um, just felt just so enveloped by the Lord's love. And so anyway, we came outside, we were laughing and, and chuckling and the husbands were laughing at us. And then, so two days later, she sends me a message in the morning. I said, how are you? And she said, I can't believe, like she said, how much better I can feel my teeth again. I'm feeling um, more feeling in my, my, you know, my face. It wasn't like a complete yet, but every day she said, she's been feeling better and better. Wow. And like, awesome. you know, it's amazing. And I, I love that because, you know, think about it. Um, the doctors were, they, they couldn't fix it, right. right? Back to my story, the doctor tried to fix it, right? And I, I just see Jesus as our heavenly father going, well, they didn't get it right. So I'm going to step in right now. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
And so I love that because it really, so in the Bible, God says, you know, pray with the faith to move a mountain, right? right? Now, he doesn't say to us, you, you have to know the outcome. He said, do you have the faith to believe? That's all he says. Sharon and I came together. We had the faith to believe that, that her face would be healed and her teeth. We didn't know the outcome. God could either choose to heal her right there or choose her in another way, right? Yeah. And so that's the beautiful part of prayer and how we come into faith and how we, we just believe like a childlike faith. That's, that's so beautiful. And yeah. those stories are incredible, Debbie. You know, I would love to hear a little bit more about your thoughts on why we pray. Yeah. Um, that's a really simple <laughs> answer. Um, it's <laughs> so easy. I could do it in, in, in three words, but I'm not going to. So <laughs> Because I'm not a three-word girl. But anyway, because Jesus prayed. That's right. it, right? Following the life of Jesus and exemplifying his life is what we do as believers in Jesus. It's a no-brainer, right? Jesus spent endless hours praying to his Father in heaven. He prayed for himself and he prayed for others. In Luke 6, 12, where he prayed for wisdom, having spent the night praying to God before he chose the 12 disciples. Okay, that's a big prayer, right? I mean, think about it. When we have big decisions and we go to the Lord, but think about Jesus Christ going before the Father and choosing the 12 disciples, the apostles that are going to shape the world. Like that's a wow, big prayer. That is. Right? Yeah. And then in Matthew 26, 39, it says he prayed to God to change his circumstances. Oh, well, sorry. So no, let me go back. He prayed. Okay. So in Matthew 26, 39, he prays for God to change his circumstances. Right. And it reads going a little farther, Jesus, he fell, meaning Jesus with his face to the ground and prayed my father, if it is even possible, may this cup be taken from me yet, not as I will, but as you will. Hmm. Okay. I love that because here, this is the most beautiful thing that Jesus is asking for prayer right? To his heavenly father. And the answer, as we all know, comes out very differently mm. than what he prayed. And um, an example of Jesus, you know, so he prayed for himself, but I love that he prayed yeah. for others. Um, and we look in John 17 in verses six to 19, Jesus prays for his disciples. And then it, it's long in the verses 20 to 26, he prays for believers. And I, I didn't quote all of that because it's a lot, but you can go back to John 17, six to 19 and look those verses up. And then also in verses 20 to 26. So how do we enter into prayer? Well, you know, I love that there are four types of prayer. Um, there's many, but uh, I love the four key points and it's adoration, contrition, petition, mm. and thanksgiving. And I love these. And so if we look at adoration, uh, that's an easy one, praising God, right? Uh, we don't want to just like, I mean, sometimes when we're driving in the car, we can be like, oh God, I need that parking spot or Jesus help me find my keys or something. That's cool. But when we really want to enter into prayer and supplication and get into our prayer mm. closet, uh, the first thing and the first way we want to start is praising Jesus. We know that Jesus loves worship. So praising God could be reading scripture out loud. It could putting on worship music and dancing and praising and singing to the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. Just welcoming him into our presence before we go in for the right. to-do list, right? And that's where contrition comes in. Contrition is asking first, before we even ask for answered prayer, we want to ask God to forgive us. Like if there's anything in us that needs to come forth, Lord, would you just cleanse us now 
because we're entering the holy of holies, right? We're entering the throne room of grace. That's how reverent and how holy it is, right? So when we come into that that place, we we want to do that um, before we even go any further. And then, of course, our petition is, you know, putting our petition before the Lord. You know, God, uh, I'm really hurting. You know, like remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, He was asking so deeply that He sweat droplets wow. of blood. Okay, so because that was so heavy, like He was carrying so much right and so when we are like that and we're carrying so much we want to put it before the lord and that's our petition asking god to just heal or to help someone or to whatever our petition is right and then the next is of course thanksgiving where you know when we want to um just show god our gratitude thank him thank him thank him for allowing us the privilege to step onto holy ground and to lift you know, our eyes toward heaven and to ask, you know, and that's what we do. In the first episode, Debbie, I was telling Amy, I was like, sometimes, I mean, when I was really young, it's like, you almost like look up Google. How do I pray? You know, but I feel like these like four types of prayer are like, you know, they can resonate with you. Um, and okay. Yeah. I, I pray by singing or I pray by just um, giving thanks. Like that's what I need to do right now. And, you know, you can feel called to do that. And I love that it is kind of like a step-by-step, you know, yeah. like, Hey Google, <laughs> here you go. Four times prayer, you know? Yeah. And that's something that's really beautifully done in the Catholic church. Um, you know, that was something, you know, that contrition, that's a real, you know, and they were, the Catholic church has that so beautifully done with their you know, Hail Marys and their prayer life and stuff like that. And I love that because mm-hmm. they use the four types of prayer very much in the Catholic religion mm-hmm. that I know, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I just wanted to, you know, enter. So I think this is really cool. Psalm 100. Okay. It's not a very long Psalm, but it's a beautiful Psalm showing us how we can enter into prayer. And I love this, especially for people that maybe aren't really um, familiar with prayer and they just want to start slowly and, and, So if you look in Psalm 100, it reads, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is good and that he is who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of this pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever and ever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And you know what? I I love it because um, prayer is a conversation with our heavenly father. We need not only to speak, but to listen. This is such an important point. And this is something the Lord has really taught me through the years because Mm -hmm. I'm a talker and many people are just listeners, but like the Lord really had to teach me how to listen. Right. And when you think about a conversation, it's an exchange between two people, right. Or three people like we're having a conversation, right. And if we agree that we are conversing with an all-knowing God in prayer, does it make sense for us to dominate the conversation and not spend time listening to the one who already knows what we need and has our best interest in mind, right? In James 1.19, it says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. If this is how we are to interact with one another, how much more should we do so when Mm. we interact with God, Mm. right? And in Matthew 6, 5, it says, and when we pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, 
Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Talk about humbling. Wow. (laughs) Today, we're so influenced by comparison and keeping up with the world. You know, this, there's nothing humble in that. We're always trying to, to be the better person or to, to get up on the food chain or whatever. That's our human nature, you know? And this verse really has always kept me humble and really keeps me in check, you know? And I have to ask myself, who am I out to mm-hmm. please, myself or God? Yeah. Thought, thought yeah. provoking for sure. Yeah, and we got to go into that a verse a little bit in the first um, episode. And it was really, I mean, it is exactly that. It is thought provoking. It is definitely like, oh, yep, let me just step back a second and realize what I'm doing this for. And it's not for the people, it's for the Lord and like to have a relationship with him, you know, and nothing else like that's, that's what it should be about. Um, You know, I feel like a lot of times I'll get stuck, right. And I'm like, you know what, I prayed for that, but I never, I didn't get that. And I prayed for that. And I didn't, you know, that never, I never saw the prayers come to fruition there. But I feel like sometimes God's answers in like different ways. But for you, you know, does God always answer our prayers in in the way that we ask them to? Well, that's a big (laughs) loaded question. (laughs) Uh, Not not always, right? Because, um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But um, remember, as we spoke earlier, God's all knowing and he knows best, right? Mm -hmm. So he knows everything before we ask, right? So you say, well, why even pray? It's because it's honoring to God and and he wants that conversation because mm-hmm. he's personal. And we think about, you know, we think we know always what's best for us, right? And right. let's go back to our high school years. This is a great story. I am sure, <laughs> I, it's not a personal story, but I'm sure that we all prayed for something or someone that we thought was the guy, we had to have him, mm-hmm. you know, we, we needed to have, you know, that friend or we would die, you know? And, and, and in hindsight, when we look back, aren't we so grateful that we, that God didn't answer that prayer that we had, right? <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am, oh my goodness, amen Jesus, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, so on a more serious note, re- referencing back to the story of Jesus in the garden, of Gethsemane when he prays so hard that he shed the droplets of blood, right? Asking God to take the cup from him. Yet it was God's plan all along to allow his only son to die as the perfect sacrifice for us, right? I mean, there you go. No, he didn't answer it the way God asked, right? And then, you know, now let's look at a, a story in Second Kings about how God answers prayer, right? Even, you know, back then how an answer prayer happened. And the good thing about this story is it not only answered the prayer, Mm -hmm. but it changed God's heart and God's mind. And that's really cool. And in second Kings 20, we see Hezekiah and he's praying to God and God answering his prayer. Starting in uh, verse one, the story is about King Hezekiah. He becomes ill to the point of death. So the prophet Isaiah receives a word from the Lord and he goes to his house and he says to Hezekiah, Get your house in order. You're going to die. <laughs> you will not recover. I mean, it was pretty firm, right? So that's pretty fi- final as I, you know, as I read it. And it's like pretty scary, right? I mean, being yeah. told you're going to die on this day or, you know, get your house in order. It's pretty crazy. Um, right. But then Hezekiah, he's thinking, eh, I don't know. <laughs> Hezekiah, then he prays and says to the Lord, Lord, remember, oh Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And then he wept bitterly, 
clearly the man was distraught and did not want to die. He was, he was going to fight it to the end. And so now Isaiah hears once again from the Lord. And now Isaiah tells, goes back and tells Hezekiah, I have heard your prayers. And the Lord said, I have heard your prayers and seen your tears. I will heal you. Go to the temple in three days and I will add 15 years to your life. And this story is so cool because even then when Hezekiah hears that, he says, um, <laughs> I need a sign. <laughs> and he goes, uh, you know, how will I know? But I need a sign. So he says, you know, my shadow normally walks forward three steps. He goes, so if I'm really going to be healed, I want the Lord to take my shadow and make it walk back three steps. Sure enough, it walks back three steps. But like me, I don't think I would have had the nerve. I would have been just so delighted that God's heart was changed. He changed his mind and he gave me 15 more years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I love that because, you know, yeah, we have story, you know, and so what we learn from prayer is like, like I said before, we just need to come with faith to believe Jesus. Of course, he's God. And so he knew that even though he prayed that the outcome was going to be what it was. He knew that. But in his humanness, in his flesh, right, his heart was breaking. He knew the pain and suffering that was coming at him because he was fully God, but he was fully man. And that's why I mean, to wow. sweat droplets of blood. I, I don't I don't think anybody has ever done that besides Jesus, you know. And yeah. so, you know, like Hezekiah, he really pushed in and God changed his heart and changed his mind and gave him 15 years. So I love the power of prayer here that we can really look in so many different circumstances, how how God answers prayer. That's really know? beautiful, mm -hmm. Debbie. Mm -hmm. And, you know, before we go, we'd love to hear if you have any last thoughts on prayer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, as, you know, some of my personal stories, you can see um, that there's incredible power, right? And potential in prayer. Um, through prayer, what we're doing is we're inviting the God of the universe into a situation and into our lives. Prayer changes things, but even more, prayer changes us. That's my greatest mm -hmm. um, um, you know, advice to say, prayer will change you. It'll change your heart. It will change the person you are. It'll make you better. You know, like the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. And it is a learning process for sure. As we grow in our prayer life, we become more alive and more engaged with the God, with what God is doing in our lives. None of us are perfect at prayer, but we, but as we take steps to grow spiritually in our prayer life, the impact is incredible. God will move mountains and God will transform us into people of love, joy, and peace through prayer. God may not always change circumstances, but it is guaranteed to change us. And that is really the key is that we can take prayer and we can be changed. I love just everything. Through prayer, we invite the God of the universe into a situation and into our lives, but we're the ones being changed, you know, and that's yep. just so beautiful. Debbie, where can we find you? Oh, in my, <laughs> Instagram, in my closet. Facebook. Um, in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You know, exactly. I, I just have to say it's really cute that we're doing this taping. The last time I was in a pretty office in Amy's house and we were together. <laughs> and now I'm, I went from my closet <laughs> to my bathroom to tape. Um, but anyway, you know, it just shows we can get the job done, right? But you've had your prayer cloth on you. And, All the you whole know, time. We, yes, yeah. The whole time. Yes. Um, but you can find me on Instagram, um, Deborah Ann Photography. Uh, all lowercase and all uh, together. And then my website is DebraAnnPhotography.net. And I also hang out on Facebook, not too often, but 
yeah, that's it. And um, I'm just so honored. I, I just pray that all of you that listen to this, you know, just embrace whatever the Lord shows you to embrace in your prayer life, because it, mm. I guarantee you it will change your life. Thank you so much for sharing your heart for prayer and just um, everything that you've kind of gone through your journey with your walk with God is, is so beautiful, but it's just, it wasn't always easy. And I think that that's a really important thing um, to show and that prayer really got you through it. But mm-hmm. um, as you guys all know, you can find us at njspark.co uh, and njspark.co and thank on you Instagram. again, Debbie, for joining us. Um, we're so grateful to have you here. Before you guys leave today, we want to leave you with this verse. It's found in Philippians 4, 6, and it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you back here next week.